This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to episode 107 of the Gen hmm. X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. Back from his luxurious vacation is George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> this episode, we're going to catch up on the latest exploits of a house full of vampires living in Staten Island, step into new worlds with some cool virtual reality gear, and play the latest entry in the heartbreaking Life is Strange series. Before we get into any of those topics and much more, it is time for one of my favorite parts of the show, and that is fourth listener email. You guys remember a couple of episodes ago, we had a brand new patron, Phaedrus. Oh, yes, yes. Sure. Yeah. After Phaedrus joined us on Patreon, I wrote to him saying, hey, welcome, of course, and asking how did he hear about us? And he wrote back a really nice little note that I wanted to share, in part at least, here on our fourth listener email segment. So this is from Phaedrus. uh, And we ask again, you know, how did you hear about us? And he said, I love what you guys do. I've been a podcast nut ever since I got my first iPhone. I'm very late Gen X, October 1979. But I still have memories of everything you guys talk about. Big fan of nerdy stuff like video games, pinball, slot machines, tech gadgets, etc. Oh, that's Sounds like a perfect fit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He goes on to say, I'm quite certain I heard GXG mentioned in another nerdy podcast, and it quickly became one of my favorites. I'm working my way through your back catalog, and the entertainment you provide during long work days and routine long trips in the truck is well worth a few dollars a month to help you guys out. I wish more listeners would see it that way. I do too. (laughs) Sweet. We're looking to hire a spokesperson. I think Phaedrus is in in the running. (laughs) It's another truck driver too. It's our second truck driver. He can come (laughs) sit in my chair. I'll go on another vacation. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You're back. You got to get to work. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, he wraps it up by saying, hey, please keep up what you're doing and I will stay a dedicated fan. Thanks, Phaedrus. That's cool. They said another truck driver that likes to listen to us on the road. Well, at least he drives a truck. I don't know if that's a, I guess, I guess that makes you a truck driver. Technically, I don't know if he's like a long haul driver. I don't know if he's that kind of truck driver, but he's a truck driver. He drives a truck. That's all that matters. Certainly. Still, that's yeah. cool, though. That's awesome. In fairness, Mo, you're a truck driver, right? Not. No. I'm a pickup <laughs> truck driver. <laughs> Again, it wasn't clear. It could be any kind of truck. Hey, not only do we thank you for writing in, Phaedrus, but of course, as before, thank you for your support over on Patreon. We sure appreciate you. If you would like your email feature here on the show, it is drop dead easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We'll read every single one. And most of them, like Phaedrus's make this show. Okay, with that good business behind us, it is time to jump into the meat of this show right after this break. Stick around. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. Hawk, free-spirited, riding on the wind. Hawk, soaring to heights no other can reach. Now, for the man who reaches higher, we've captured that high-flying feeling in a new man's fragrance. Hawk, challenging. Exhilarating. Now for the man who reaches higher. Hawk. By Menon. Well, let's get the ball rolling right here at the top of the show, as we always do, talking about media we have been checking out. Could be comics or music or television or movies or whatever it is. And George, I want to start with you. Again, fresh back from vacation, what were you checking out in the world of media while you were out? Well, I was checking out a whole world of media unto itself. I was at Walt Disney World for the last mm-hmm. week. Wow. Seven nights, I think it was, eight days. Uh, That's like being fully immersed in media, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're living media. As many intellectual properties as Disney owns and as much as they have going on here in our home state of Florida in Orlando, it you can't help but when you go on a trip to just be completely involved in every part of the world. I wanted to talk about it a little bit, though, not because, oh, I got to go to Disney or anything, but a little bit to talk about the changes because there's no doubt in my mind after going on this trip and having the long form, because we've all done the let's go to Disney for a weekend thing. If you live in Florida, you can drive down to Disney for a couple of days, do one park, maybe do two if you're really ambitious Mm -hmm. and come back. No big deal. But when you stay there for a week, Mm -hmm. like a lot of people from other states or even other countries do, because it's a destination vacation, right? Absolutely. It's a completely different experience. And what I've found is how much Disney has changed from the time that I was a young person until now. It is a whole new world, to coin a phrase, right? Uh, <laughs> we're start singing. Go ahead. A whole new world. Oh, yeah, too late. Singing for you. <laughs> I, thought, I totally thought we'd avoid that, but go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now, you don't mean like the changes just like since COVID in the last few years. You're talking about since you remember it as a youngster. Since I remember it as a youngster. Like physical changes, like things have changed. Because the last time that I went to Disney was probably ah 10 years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been a while for me too. We just really haven't gone. We had annual passes for like a year and then we haven't gone since then. So what's different about Disney now versus then is while the cast members, as they call them, the people who right. work mm-hmm. in the parks, mm-hmm. while they are all still super friendly and super helpful mm-hmm. and they trying to do their best to make sure that your experience is what you want it to be as a Disney visitor. Disney itself has whole hog gone into the world of advanced technology for its guests. So okay. you know that they've got the magic bands now. You guys have probably been there since that system has been instituted. I have a record Ralph one. You bet. Mm-hmm. What is that? Just for, how about for the rest of us? What is that? Uh, okay. So the magic bands <laughs> are these little plastic RFID chipped bands that you connect to your Walt Disney account and then you use them to use as a ticket to go into the park 
or you can even connect your credit card to them mm-hmm. and use them for shopping uh, at certain places. I see. Yep. So it's like when you go on a cruise ship and they give you that thing that basically charge everything on it and that kind yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. Yep, the yep. difference between when they first came out and now, there are some technologies that have gone away. Disney has done away with a thing called FastPass. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. I heard, yeah. I heard about it. There's a big brouhaha about that, too. And there should be, <laughs> because you pay for this Disney ticket, which, by the way, if you pay retail right now, is $109 per day. That's crazy. Per person. That's nuts. You used to be able to add on the FastPass service mm-hmm. for, I don't know, $20, $40, $50 or some ridiculous price, but you got to go into the rides much faster. Mm-hmm. Right. Now they don't do that. Now it's just you get on a ride, you wait in line like you always used to do back in the e-ticket days, right? I heard they're working on some new system, but it probably wasn't in place yet. It's not in place. Okay. I think it's going to be called Lightning Lane. It's uh. essentially, they've left the mechanisms, the physical layout of the lines. You know how yeah, right, the sure. FastPass line is a little bit separate from the regular line, even though you enter right next to each other. Yeah, so you can punch the people in FastPass as they walk. Go, right. Go, go, yeah. <laughs> dick, yeah. dick, dick, punch them as they run. So that's still there. And there are still people that are getting to use those lines, but they apparently are part of some kind of tourist group or something along those lines. Uh, I see. It's like some sort of special deal. Or also, if you were on the ride and it got shut down due to inclement weather, then you get to come back at a specific oh, time and ride the ride that okay. way. That's cool. That's cool. A rain right. check type yeah. of thing. But the bigger change besides that kind of a thing is now you can no longer go into a park with just a ticket. What do you mean? <laughs> I thought tickets how you get in the park. Wait a yeah, minute. Exactly right. No. Uh, so you buy a ticket and you get to go to a park. That's how we're used to doing it. Right, right. 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 Yeah. And you buy that ticket. It's just a Disney ticket. And you go to whichever park you want to. Not anymore. Now you have to go on the website and tell them which day you're going to the park and which park you want to go to oh, if it has openings. On the day. Apparently they're limiting the amount of people going into the parks. I don't know oh. if that's a COVID thing oh. or if that's a new Disney thing. But you cannot go into a park unless you have not only the ticket, but also what they call a park pass. Because it used to be that you used to be able to get a one day pass that you could basically pick whatever park you wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. You you decided when you showed up, basically, right? And they are encouraging people do this well in advance. So it's not like a, let me buy a ticket that day and go into that park. Uh When we went to our parks, we noticed, remember the lines where you could purchase tickets right at the front of each park? Those are almost non-existent now. There were no people in those lines at any time of any day. It was just a big open field of a mass of people getting off of a monorail or whatever, and walking toward the place where you put your little magic band up and go into the park itself. Interesting. So it's a completely different experience, and I don't think it's for the better. I really don't. It's like they're trying to force you into making a bunch of decisions well in advance. Like lots of structure. And that takes the fun out of Disney for me. That's interesting. Did that crush your vacation? I mean, were you still able to enjoy yourself, though? Yeah, no? We we were still able to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. But you felt like you were locked in. Oh, so they don't have the park hopper thing anymore where you could jump from park to park? They do have the park hopper thing, but that's even limited now. That's another thing, yeah. Yeah, the park hopper now, instead of it being you could hop between park and park and park anytime you want, now you have to have the park pass for the day you want to do the park hopper. Yeah. And you can only use it during certain times, usually 
in the afternoon till the close of the park, like two or three o'clock until the park closes. Like when people might have filed out of a park. So there's a little more mm-hmm. bandwidth to get people in there. Yeah. I see. So how does that affect these like Epcot? Because I know Epcot was super popular toward the later part of the day, right? Because of the yes. restaurants and the World Expo. So I imagine like everyone's trying to flood into there and can't or something. They can't. Right. Uh, so Epcot was our last day. It was our Thursday. And... I want to say this about Epcot. Uh, It's under construction right now. They were supposed to have been finished with all the stuff in the future world area that they Mm -hmm. were doing. They have not finished it. It was the worst Epcot experience I've ever had. And Epcot is my favorite park at Disney. Oh, that sucks. Mm. I was very disappointed. All of the big, huge construction walls that you might have seen at Disney Springs over the last few years when they were doing a lot of work there. That's what's up at Epcot. And it's just you're walking in these claustrophobic pathways now because the walls have to come in a little bit to allow the construction stuff. It was very unfriendly. The Spaceship Earth ride Mm -hmm. is really feeling its age. The cars are creaking. They're making a lot of noises. (laughs) The audio, you know, like when you go Uh, to a certain point and the audio kicks in for that little visual display that you're looking at, it's off sync now. So mm. the part about the library at Alexandria, like we went past those animatronics and then the audio kicked in. (laughs) That is so not Disney. Like if anything, Disney is like precision. Everything is like clockwork, you know, it's like a finely tuned watch or something. To be in a ride like that, I mean, breakdown is one thing, but if the ride is just operating normally, it's like a funhouse ride at the county fair. Right. That is That's weird. What it felt That's like. got to be surreal. It did. And, it, and you're exactly right. Now, there are parts of the parks that they are paying real close attention to. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is incredible. It is an immersive experience mm. and a half. I didn't get to spend nearly enough time in it, and I still am in love with it right now. The uh, Avatar area over in Animal Kingdom, where they have the Flight of Passage ride and the yep. Navi boat Heard ride. That was cool. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. However, apparently the best way to see it is at night. That park closes at 7 p.m., and currently in Florida, it doesn't get dark until about 8.30 <laughs> or 9. Oh, man. Because they have like fiber optic lights through the ground and everywhere. Exactly. You couldn't see all that as well. None of oh, that yeah. is I can imagine. Active. But it is a beautifully detailed world. So it looks to me like Disney is concentrating on those big bucket items and other things are kind of falling by the wayside, which makes me kind of sad. Yeah, I can see that. I I wonder if any of that's going to relax after COVID fully relaxes and it's not about how much foot traffic you get. I would hope so. I I hope it does. I mean, currently they are doing some safety things. Like if you go anywhere indoors on a Disney property, you have to put on a mask regardless. I don't care about vaccination status. But at the same time, you've been walking around Disney Disney all day. It's Florida. Yeah. It's any time other than December. So it's hot as hell. Yep. You're sweating all over the place. You sit down in a ride, your back sweat, arm sweat, everything is on that ride. <laughs> They're not wiping down these rides in between people. So what right. the hell's the point of putting on a little flimsy uh, mask if you've got somebody's back sweat all up against you when you sit down in your ride? So you're not breathing out particulate, but you're shaking uh, like a dog, exactly. like a lawn sprinkler because uh. you're covered with sweat. <laughs> Oh, okay, man. Now we're talking about so, I mean, Of all my Disney trips, this is, I would probably rate this like a seven out of 10, maybe a seven and a oh, half really? out of 10. Oh, I mean, for Disney, that's low. That's still respectable. It's still Disney. Still a good time. Yeah. yeah. Right. It was fun. It was, oh. I enjoyed it. I'm glad the whole family got to go. That was the biggest part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that Disney is going in some interesting directions. I think they have a lot of work to do. Hmm. Time to tighten it up. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, that was my media consumption for a week was all Disney all Just the time. Fully immersed in Disney. You lived in inside of media, the Disney yeah, conglomerate. Really. Yeah. <laughs> John, did you happen to do any Disney stuff or something completely different? I was not the beneficiary of a seven day trip to Disney, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing the old work grind myself, but a lot of media I've been checking out, some stuff that I started watching and I haven't finished. But what I wanted to call out here, there's a show we talked about years ago now that mm-hmm. I wanted to bring back to light because it is really coming into its own. It was already good. So it was a series called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, vampires. Yeah, that's right. It's mm-hmm. based on a film from 2014. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to become the Taika Waititi fan club, but Taika Waititi, <laughs> executive producer of this show as well. We are. And the Come series. Let's just, just lead into it. Oh, we kind of are. Yeah. Can yeah. I, who wants to be the president? George, you be the president. I'll be the treasurer. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, we got to go. <laughs> but no, so What We Do in the Shadows is a series on FX. And if you haven't seen it, first of all, start watching it. It is so much fun. Right. You should watch the movie, though, first. You should watch the film, right? It's about a house full of vampires that live in this mansion in Staten Island. <laughs> Which is funny by itself. <laughs> right. They're in the old from the old country. They moved over here and they've been here for years. They were supposed to come to America to colonize and take over the new colonies, right, way back when. And they just never got around to it because they're immortal. They just doing other stuff and doing their own kind of hedonistic crap they like to do. Plus they're in Staten Island. So you kind of follow what going on with them and they have the the three regular vampires and an energy vampire. Yeah. The most interesting thing they've done, I'm bringing it up now because they just started season three. It just mm-hmm. kicked off on FX. Ah. Before season three aired, season four was already greenlit. So we have a lot nice. more coming. So the show is doing well for them. That's good to know. The interesting thing they've done with the show is I remember, I couldn't pronounce back when we first talked about the show, but uh, one of the vampire's assistant is named Guillermo. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Guillermo is this poor guy who has been uh, the familiar of this vampire for years. <laughs> And is hoping he'll be made a vampire one day. Right. And he's never going to be. However, over the course of the series, we find out that he has Van Helsing blood in him. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> that's right. He didn't know this. <laughs> the amazing twist that happened. That So you could have just be a little sitcom-y thing that's kind of fun. But at the end of last season, some shit went down. And <laughs> Guillermo ended up slaying a bunch of vampires who were going to kill our primary vampires, the, the ones the stories are oh, about. Oh, so he was defending his people. Right, defending he his was. master or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So here's the problem. As we enter the new season, he's a vampire killer. So he's in a cage in the basement and they're arguing about, well, we should kill him because he's a vampire killer. But then there's the vampire code that if someone saves your life, you have to protect them. Well, now what do we do? And so they're really evolving an interesting story where a lot is happening politically and kind of like the bloodlines of these vampires and it's always a great time and it's so much fun I'm just two or three episodes into season three now and I, I've heard both of you talking about it. I know you both have watched a little bit or a lot maybe you're, you've caught up with it but what a great fun show yeah I like how it's based on the movie but it's separate it's like a, another situation in the same world it's, it's other vampires in the same right. universe that's right and yeah. let me tell you the fact that they're in Staten Island cracks me up to no end I mean that's just like the most hilarious <laughs> Hilarious place to put a coven of vampires in the world, I think. Of course, they hate the werewolves and the werewolves right. and the vampires don't get along. And at one point he's dating a woman and finds out she's a werewolf and like, oh no, I'm so conflicted. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> they really play with all the, the horror movie tropes that are so much fun. Yep. You know, anytime there's a mirror, they don't miss an opportunity to show that you can't see his reflection. He's dusting and you see the yeah. you know feather duster by itself. The energy vampire crack.
cracks me up. That was a nice addition. They're actually, he's doing a lot of research right now uh, trying to figure out the origin of, of the energy of vampires because they don't know much about it. He's trying to dig into oh. it. So a lot going on. If you haven't watched it, this is a great time to jump in and catch up. Nice. And it's good to know that it's continuing not only this season, but a fourth season coming. So there's more to come. Watch that film, catch up what we do in the shadows on FX. Highly recommended. Good time to check it out. Cool. Mo, how about you, man? What have you been watching? Actually, I'm watching the final season of uh, a show that I've watched for years called Lucifer. It was on NBC. Which final season is this? Because hasn't this show had like five <laughs> different final seasons? It was on NBC, got yep. canceled. Netflix yep. picked it up and they did three seasons, the final three seasons. They did three seasons. Wow. Two or three. Well, they're notorious for picking it up, doing a season and then dropping it. But like they picked it up and kept yeah. it going a while. And they actually oh, okay. had a series. This is like the last se- the season now. Because they're ending the oh, story. I've heard that before. <laughs> No, they actually, I saw it. They ended the story. <laughs> I started watching it because it's based on Neil Gaiman's Sandman world that he did. Right. Mm. The Lucifer is a character in that, and they just kind of expanded it. And for those of you who haven't watched the show, it's really, it's entertaining. Basically, Lucifer gets tired of being Lucifer. So he goes to Earth. Mm-hmm. He says, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're basically trying to, you know, they're trying to convince him to go He's back. He's going to Disney World. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they won't let him in. No park pass. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, now, no one's running hell, and other angels are trying to get him to go back. And he's just like, no. And hilarity ensues from there. So what is he doing when he comes to Earth? What, well, like, what's He owns a nightclub. Oh, okay. Of he course he does. drinks, <laughs> sleeps with beautiful women, goes out, you know, parties all the time. So he's just living like Mo. Look at that. He's just yeah, living exactly. the Mo life. Exactly. <laughs> but th- there's a whole thing where he meets like this female detective and he starts having feelings for her. And then the weird twist they have in the first season is that when he's around her, he's vulnerable. Like he actually gets shot and hurt. Oh, he can be injured. And hurt he can be injured oh. only when he's around her. Like though. his emotions make him vulnerable or something. Or no, yeah, only when he's around her. And that's part of the what they kind of uncover. Like he doesn't understand why. It's Superman Lois from the Superman Two movie, right? Right. He goes into a hyperbolic chamber and he's in love, so he gives up his immortality, and now he can be yeah, shot. Except he's not consciously right. doing this, but <laughs> right. Except Lois is made of kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> and the really thing that makes it funny is that Lucifer never lies on the show to anybody. Hmm. Who are you? Oh, Lucifer Morningstar. Is that your real name or a stage name? He says, it's (laughs) (laughs) God-given. So he gives responses that people take as like interpretive or snarky, but he's being literal. He's being actually literally totally honest. He says, who are you? He says, oh, I'm the devil. You know, everyone's like, oh, funny. You're a method actor. I thought they did a good job with ending. I don't want to give anything away, obviously, because it's a, a lot of seasons here for this, like seven or eight seasons that they went through. But I think they did a good ending and they wrapped up all the stories. And I like it when a show gets the opportunity to end on their own terms. Of course. Right. Rather than oh, cancel like Netflix does infamously. Right. Yeah. Surprise. It's over. <laughs> yep. So it's been a great show. It was a great ride. So it's over, but it was good. Is it one you would recommend somebody to pick up now that you know the full conclusion to watch the whole show? Is it worth watching at this yeah, point? Yeah, it was unlike Dexter, say. Right. The petered out and had weird weak you know, seasons. That last yeah. season yeah. really piss me off this one though you can watch the whole thing front to end if you like the first season you'll like all of it all right man cool another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Hello, how are you? I am fine. Who is he? He is parquet. Pare. Excuse me, but I think you are parquet. Pare. 
He's not okay? I think so. Better taste. Smooth. Creamy. He's butter. Parquet. Ah, it's okay. He's nice. All right. Let's jump into tech and toys, right? Where we get to, what we spend our hard-earned money on and enjoy life that we're older and can actually afford these things that we wish we had when we were kids. But uh, <laughs> And I'm actually going to kick us off today because I got a call from one of our advertisers, actually, and a friend of ours from King of Nerds, Greg. Oh, yeah. He has a YouTube channel that he does all VR stuff. And if you guys haven't checked it out, you really should. He does a good job of covering all that stuff. And he was looking to do a video on a game called Demio, which I'm going to talk about in the game section, so I won't give up here, but he needs four players. And you know me, all I need is a good excuse to buy a piece of tech and I will get it. <laughs> so you went and bought VR equipment so you could be on a collaboration because you didn't have the gear you needed? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I, I've been a great influence on you. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds like a straight up thing I would do, right? <laughs> it's almost a reflex at this point. It's like I just want to point out, this is not in the financial budget for Gen X Grown Up. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm we paying. can't keep doing this, guys. <laughs> no, this is a straight up Mo purchase. <laughs> it's on my dime. I didn't expect it. So I bought an Oculus Quest 2. Oh, right. It's the yes, one that yes, yes. Had. it's a standalone or you can hook it up to your computer. Okay, mm -hmm. so yours you can hook up to your computer yes i can because i have the oculus quest it's the mine's the gray one it's kind of that's the first one that's the quest one i think it is yeah mm -hmm. and i didn't like mine very much because it was very limited oh, so yeah. yours has more yeah, options you talked about it here on the show yeah yeah i remember yeah. you talked about that one yeah this one though yeah playing it as a standalone it's great i played a bunch of games on a standalone but then when i hooked up to my computer i found out that i had some steam games that already supported vr mm-hmm and I was able just to play them with the Oculus, which was pretty damn cool. Um, I played like the Star Wars Squadrons game. That's got VR support? It's got VR support. Damn it, I just spent $300. <laughs> now, George, we can't afford this in the GXG budget. We just talked about this. <laughs> Miraculously, I found some money in the spreadsheet. <laughs> Did you? Oh, suddenly there's there's suddenly a budget for it now. <laughs> and let me tell you, though, guys, VR has come a long way. I th guess because of all the phone technology, you know, with the better screens on phones and stuff like that. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. They're yeah. able to make the headsets lighter, smaller, better screen resolution, all that stuff that they can now do in these headsets. I was talking with Greg about this. He said that Oculus is actually losing money on these headsets. Like they're trying to get people into it, kind of like Xbox and those other companies. Oh, did yeah. Back right. in the day. They're the loss leader. Yeah, for the exactly. Platform. To get gotcha. people in because the technology, you know, there's no way they could charge $800 and have people buy this or whatever mm -hmm. it would cost. We played a four person game and the social and stuff aspects of it are very cool. Talking to John the other day that, you know, there's a game on there I was kind of too with that's almost like an escape room kind of game um i said oh. john I said you would totally get into this because mm -hmm. you're in a room you got to figure out how to get out but you're a spy instead of a like, person who voluntarily went in there it's pretty exciting stuff i mean everybody i showed it to the, everyone's reaction is the same thing like wow my daughter <laughs> my girlfriend everyone's like wow this is cool i want one i'm like well you know christmas maybe we'll see so you didn't have a vr set like this mm -mm. before you bought it I mean, in fairness, you wouldn't have bought it just to do a collaboration. You obviously wanted an excuse to buy one. Oh, so I definitely wanted one. Yeah, I was looking for an excuse. Now that you made the investment, and it's mm -hmm. like 300 bucks, I think you said, right? Yeah. $300 it's going for now? Yep, yep. You're in the honeymoon phase. Yes, I am. The thing we've talked about with VR all, all, all the time is like, it keeps fixing a problem we don't have. Like, I have a screen. I have a way to control it. I have a keyboard. I have a mouse. I have all that. Do you feel any differently now that you've been? Again, I know you're in, the, you're in yeah. love with it at the moment, honeymoon phase. Is it something you think you'll keep going back to? is I, I always think about the inconvenience of well, I've got to put it on my head. I've got to get isolated, that kind of stuff. Or is it moved along to a point that you think it's 
actually going to earn a place in your gaming rotation or i think it definitely is going to earn a place in my gaming rotation especially for certain mm. games like playing the star wars squadrons one with the vr totally different experience can imagine and yeah. you're in a cockpit and you actually can turn your head and see bad guys and know where they are you know visually oh. you could spot them oh. rather than stop george is drooling quit talking about right. that. <laughs> <laughs> and they also have some like some very zen games like they have a like a jigsaw puzzle game except it's three-dimensional so you're putting mm. together like a room or a scene and so you have to move the model around and put the pieces together I played that just a bunch of times, just oh, it's something relaxing to do and for 20 minutes or something like that. I have bought a couple games that are specifically VR, but just the idea that you could go into your one, you could even watch movies on them now. You could sure. do like oh, yeah. the group things where you could actually like be in a movie theater with four friends watching the same movie, like kind of what we do at Plex and some other things. I'm just really enjoying it. Ask me a couple of weeks. We'll see if it changes. Right. <laughs> but, that's the curiosity. but for right now, my gut is telling me that it's something that's going to be in the rotation of things I'm going to use. Well, so I want to ask you some questions specifically about the device because mm-hmm. you know you're talking about the platform and the games and everything but the device itself makes a huge difference with your experience i would imagine so oh, yeah you have the oculus quest 2 mm-hmm. i have the quest 1 mine just has the little crappy single controller i can't add a second controller to it does yours have two controllers you talked about connecting it to computer two controllers those look very much like the regular Oculus controllers. Yeah. There's a trigger, a joystick, and a, a middle finger thing for gripping. Okay. And this on each controller has the same setup. One has A, B buttons, the other one's X, Y. And that's why you can enjoy some of your games a little bit more than I can, because I only have the one controller. Yeah, that so was limited. the dual hands inside a game that you might think of with virtual reality, I can't experience. Yeah. And you can hook yours up to a computer, which yes. gives it more horsepower, gives you more options. Yeah. But when you're up to a computer you have this long trailing cable obviously right uh yeah i do how do you feel about using this piece of equipment in either a small or a large space because you have to have room to move around in this thing right there's a bunch of games that are basically made for you to be stationary okay so those are the ones i've been playing although i did go into my living room and i played like the star wars one that because you fight with lightsabers which is totally freaking cool (laughs) (laughs) but you need to have space around you and they do a good job that like they have cameras on the outside of the mask so you see out through the screen that's just a black and white kind of grainy and you draw your boundary on the floor with the controller you don't accidentally run into the coffee right. table. As or... soon as you hit that boundary, it switches to an outside view so you can see where you are. Ah. So it keeps oh, you from okay. like colliding with huh. stuff, which is really handy. Because, <laughs> you know, we see all the YouTube videos all the time of the people falling forward and breaking a TV or yeah, crashing exactly. into their wall or whatever. Okay. That's got to be wild. It's like you're stepping in and out of the matrix. It really is. It's kind of like that. So, George, you have a really odd thing on this list here, and I don't know what the hell this is. Well. GX71? Yeah. Keeping in theme with my uh with my visit over to Disney I went down there and I picked up this new little friend of ours that's going to be a new member of Gen X Grown Up I'm going to introduce him and let him say hello to everybody <laughs> <laughs> is that a robot <laughs> it is so at disney in the uh, hollywood studios theme park they have that place called star wars galaxy's edge that i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and i bought an r2 unit you can go into this store oh, no. and they have these big conveyor belts and you can customize either an r unit or a b unit like the bb8 uh-huh. and it builds it like in front of you kind of no you build it oh you build it yourself yeah you go there's this conveyor belt full of parts that are just circling around and it's all the same parts but they're in different design colors and stuff like you can get the r2 body and 
white like I got it or black or red or blue. Mm-hmm. And then you okay. can get the dome, the little helmet part in different colors, some of them clear. Then you can pick out the legs as well. So both side legs and the bottom leg for an R2 unit. So it's kind of like Build-A-Bear. It is. It's Build-A-Bear <laughs> for cool people. That's what it is. For cool people. <laughs> for cool people. Build a droid workshop. You get to fill them with electronic stuffing. You get the machine. You do. Uh, <laughs> so the electronic stuffing, as you heard his noises, those are the noises of a merchant robot. You can also uh, get the personality chip that has the first order sounds or the one that has the rebellion sounds. And I got oh, all three. personality chips. Interesting. Yeah, well, another way for them to get $15 out of you yeah. each time, yeah. right? Well, they priced that one, right, didn't they? Yep. They did. I got the three pack, which you get the, it's basically buy two, get one free. It's essentially, you know, like a little remote control R2 unit. He moves around, he spins, his head turns around. You play uh, the music, you know, his his tones and whatnot. There's even little attachments that you can stick on the R2 unit. The BB (laughs) unit has different ones. Uh, You press one button on your controller and they start activating. So for the R2 unit, it's the little jet packs on his legs, like when R2 wants to go flying somewhere. (laughs) Oh, right. So you can put those on and press it and then they light up and they have little LEDs and whatnot. Really fun stuff. But when I was there putting him together, I said, I'm going to make a Gen X grown-up R2 unit. So my guy has a blue dome top, a white body, and red legs. There you go. <laughs> so all of our logo colors. <laughs> and so your naming, GX71, fits yeah. right in with that. Yeah, Gen X and 71 for my year. I went back and forth. I was going to call him R7X7 because G is the seventh letter of the alphabet, but then one of my sons came up with this name, and I said, yeah, that sounds a lot better than R7X7. So yeah. it flows. GX71. Like yeah, it does. Welcome that works. to the team, GX. Boop, 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 yeah. boop. <laughs> Very cool. That is exciting, so, man. Yeah. Now, did you say, what did you have to pay for building a robot? I haven't yet, but so. <laughs> <laughs> He's saving that for the last. It must be good. No matter which one you get, whether you get the R unit or the B unit, they're $99 plus tax. So they come out to 103 and a half, something like that. Okay. So not horrible. It's a fun little experience. You know, all the people there dressed up and everything. It's Disney. Mm -hmm. And then you have all the accessories on the wall that you can get stickers and panels and the little memory, the extra chips and stuff. And the interesting thing with these droids versus something that you might buy at like a Toys R Us or whatever, these actually interact with other droids that are from the Galaxy's Edge store. So that's cool. When I was walking around with him in his little carrying box at the park, they left him on. And every time we would go buy one of the other boxes, they would start to talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's a neat little feature. That's cute. It was. It was cute. So that's why I wanted to go back and get a second one. I was going to go back and get a B unit Ah, and have both of them here. Wow, what smart marketing that is. (laughs) But I couldn't get into the park because of the park pass thing. They don't do the shopper pass thing like See? they did. See, so they lost out on your hundred bucks. They did. Yeah. I was going to well, spend another hundred dollars. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. So that's awesome. Cool little unit. Surely they, they have something online where I can pick out the pieces and have it shipped to me. Maybe I'm sure they're not going to pass up the opportunity for people to buy, but maybe they will. I don't know. We'll have to know. see. But I think part of that price is that cool experience, too, because now you'll remember building him just like people do at Build-A-Bear Workshop. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you were making kind of a joke, mode, but it's exactly the similar parallel. You get mm-hmm. to pick the, you know, what he looks like and what he's wearing and all that kind of stuff. So it makes it yours, right? Makes it yours. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of the thing like you when you get finished assembling him, you know, you got the screwdriver on the 
line above your head, like at a, you know, a NASCAR garage type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you're, well, there he is. He's still talking. He wants to, <laughs> <laughs> you get done putting all his legs together and his head on and everything like that. And then you hand him to the person and she puts him in this little slot and there's a button where you get to press it and it brings him to life, so to speak. Uh, you're like activating <laughs> so him. So it's finally. just like the nice. Build-A-Bear thing. Yeah. Yep. You birthed him. Way to go. Right. Congratulations, George. <laughs> That's a bouncing cool. baby R2 unit. R2 unit. <laughs> <Right>. Nice. <laughs> And they they move around really well, too. I was very surprised at the remote control vehicle aspect of it. He gets around on rough surfaces. We drove him around at Hollywood Studios for quite a while that day. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they got your number. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah, if I was there, they would have had mine, too. So that's fine. <laughs> I know. You're right. <laughs> John, moving on to yours. Yeah. I'm assuming this is a... Did, Autocorrect fill this in for you or something? Mm, let me look. Uh, no, that's accurate. That's exactly, yeah. You're kidding. <laughs> no, no, right. no. But go, just say it. What is this? So, lest you think it is a toy, it is not. It is tech. Uh-huh. Though it can be a little fun, I suppose. But... <laughs> <laughs> Having the opportunity to travel overseas a little bit with my work, not so much in the last year and a half, but you know, historically, you get to experience stuff that other cultures have, whether it be their food or their art or their toilets. So, <laughs> something that I had experienced overseas that I don't know why Americans have not embraced yet is the simple new technology of the bidet. Oh, Jesus so Christ. Actually, so that's the word I thought might have been autocorrected, but you actually have a bidet to talk about. All right. No, it's actually, it's a bidet. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the concept of a bidet, <laughs> when you visit God. the facilities to take care of your number two business, often in America, I hope most everyone in America uses a bit of toilet tissue to tidy up after they have deposited their waste. But that makes so little sense. Like if you got your hand in poop, would you just wipe it off with paper? No, you would wash your hand, right? <laughs> you would clean yourself. The benefit of a bidet is first, it's less waste because you don't need so much toilet paper. And second, it cleans your behind after you have used the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> Keep laughing. It's okay. Don't knock until you've tried it. Here's the thing. You can get very expensive bidets. You can replace your existing commode. You can get all this warming and fans and all that. I don't oh, know any of that stuff. You, oh, no, you can. How long do you spend on can. the toilet with all this? You know, it'd be like, a, no, no. It'd be like an well, event. Longer now. It's a great experience. No, no. It, so what I picked up was this kind of a, um, adapter bidet by a company called Lux. It's just 50 bucks and it adds on to your existing plumbing and it adds to any traditional North American commode the ability to have a bidet that you can use this clean, comforting, cool spray of water to tidy up after you have done your business. We're going to get so many listener emails on this. It's <laughs> They're all like you knocking it before you tried it. If you have never experienced it, there's nothing salacious or weird about it. Frankly, it is a better way to clean up after you have visited the restroom. And plus for 50 bucks, it's just more hygienic. You're, you're cleaner, you're saving money, and you feel fresher after you go. You don't have to have that. If you ever have that problem where you're like, you're sitting in there, maybe it's one of those kind of deposits where you use a ton of toilet paper or whatever. <laughs> those days are gone. You can laugh at me all you want. It's great. No, no, no. I'm just laughing at the conversation that we're having right now. That's the This thing. is the second one I have installed. I like it so much. It is a really neat addition. You should try it out. <laughs> Let's all go to John's house. <laughs> I'm not saying go in your yard with a hose and try it out. I'm saying if you've not experienced that technology in the facilities, it's worth exploring. I'm just, I'm <laughs> flabbergasted because 
I didn't think we would ever be talking about this on the podcast because, honest to God, I have one of these things sitting on a shelf for the last year that I've been waiting to install and haven't done it Do yet. Do you really? I honestly, not the particular brand that you, Just, have, you have, but I one. have the yeah. attachment to the American Commode because. I saw some YouTube commercial thing, you know, you know, like those uh, manscaped commercials oh. where it's like the guy in the woods and he's all manly and everything. They one of those Kickstarter ones for a bidet like a okay. year ago. Yeah, right. And I was going to buy it and we missed out on the Kickstarter. And then I found this one on Amazon and I mm -hmm. bought it and, say, and it's sitting on my shelf still. I haven't put it in. And now I'm like, I got to go put it in, I guess. This is <laughs> Well, this one, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's easy to install at 50 bucks. It's very reasonable for what it is. You're going to make that money back, I would say, in toilet paper in probably within the year uh, in what you save. I mean, you're still going to want to use toilet paper to dry because now you've got a soaking wet rear end, but it's a much cleaner <laughs> rear end that you just need to, to dab dry. The reason why I haven't hooked mine up yet is because of the temperature. Oh, cold water shooting up because there? Because the one that I have connects to the cold water. Yeah, me too. Because that's what's at the the toilet and i'm not sure that i want a jet of cold water shooting up my backside when i'm <laughs> done doing my business i get that it uh, it is um surprisingly refreshing no, no doubt about it <laughs> surprisingly refreshing huh. i suppose warm would be better and they have options for that but that requires you know electricity and i don't have plugs in my toilet area that would really work with that that's the next step maybe is to go with that so oh man what a tech segment. Are you done giggling at me, Mo? Is that, is that, no, okay. it's just it's just a conversation <laughs> I never thought we'd be having on this show. <laughs> like I said, I've had this technology sitting on the shelf for a year. That's why I haven't brought it up on the show, because I didn't knew? think it was appropriate. Who's to say what's appropriate? You know, as you get older, some things just need discussing, <laughs> and this is one of those things. <laughs> All right. Next thing we're going to be talking about our hemorrhoid medication in the tech and toy segment. Oh, I have a good one to recommend. No, okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. At the top, everything's coming up Cal next at JCPenney. Stand up and be counted, because this top is running hot in colors that go from innocent to outstanding. This sweater is a top priority, and it's just $13.00. You'll be sitting pretty, right up to your ears. At the top, only at JCPenney. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Three rounds! The GXG Gaming Division. And we're back from Disney into our next <laughs> round of the game segment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am 
So excited to talk about a game. I'm going to start the whole segment off because I'm going to talk about a board game for the first time nice. in a long time. I normally talk about video cool. games because I feel like that the game segment leans more toward the video game area than it does the board game area. Yeah. So I'm recycling a game, though. Back okay. in episode 21 of this podcast, Ooh, deep dude, cut, we're talking about three years ago that we talked about this game. So that's why I'm bringing it back up because I'm figuring most people will have no memory of that episode <laughs> whatsoever. I found a game at at SFGE, a convention that we recently went to and talked about, called Abalone. It's this cool little checkers slash chess marble game, Chinese checkers, chess, all these different combinations. But essentially, there are two players, a black side and a white side. Your object is to push these giant marbles around the board in this hexagonal field Mm -hmm. until you can push your opponent's marble off the board with your chain of marbles. That's what it boils down to. Okay. It's kind of checkery, kind of getting rid of your opponent's last man standing sort of deal. Exactly. And the way you win the game is is you knock off, I think, at six of the opponent's marbles, okay, and then you've won the game. Uh, and I bring it up because we took this board game on the trip down to Disney. My son started playing the game when we first got it, and then we fell away from it as we played other games. He got into chess recently with some friends of his, and he's gotten really good at chess, better than me. Uh, I can't beat him anymore. I used to be able to handle him. Now he just smokes me. It's not even close. I found that that same dynamic has now translated into this damn game. I can't beat him in this game either now. He's really good at figuring out the three-dimensional aspect. of Three-dimension. It's not that. You play traditional chess. You mostly moving toward your opponent, right? Occasionally you move backwards or forwards for certain strategies. Uh, With this game, you're kind of moving toward the opponent at odd angles, and then you can make one little move and like completely separate one of their marbles from their entire pack. And he's really, really good at finding those angles. Like I'll have this three marble row that's just decimating his line. I'm just pushing forward, pushing his guys, and I'm about to push them all off. And then he'll go click. And one of my guys is separated and my other two guys no longer have enough strength to keep pushing. And I'm screwed. And I'm like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, don't you hate that? (laughs) It's a really fun game for those out there. It's on Amazon, I'm sure. Yep. If you want a chess-like game that you can play in 10 or 15 minutes without a huge learning curve, this game, Abalone, is the perfect game for that. Nice. What made you take this with you on your vacation, though? I mean, you haven't touched it in a while, you said. What inspired you to take it along? You figured you have downtime, but why this game? Yeah, we figured we'd have downtime, and sometimes our chess games can get into the days. Oh, really? I didn't want to play checkers, and we brought along a couple other games. We brought along Phase 10. We brought along Dal Moody Mm -hmm. for the more family aspect, although we ended up never really playing those because everybody was doing their own thing. But this was a game that me and my son could share. We could sit down for 10 or 15 minutes in the evening after we had done our Disney park or gone to whatever restaurant. Kind of a wind down moment or something. Yeah, just something just to relax a little bit. I can see that. It's a quick, easy setup. You just throw the marbles on the board, black on one side, white on the other, and you just start playing. It was a fun distraction from the vacation, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And Abalone did the job as a nice wind down, relaxing game? Absolutely. did? Okay, cool. All right. Nice. I remember we saw it together at SFGE. Now you're making me like, oh yeah, that was a cool, maybe I will take a look again. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. All right. Now, Mo, you kind of mentioned earlier that you had a game you wanted to talk about that specifically rated to your new Oculus system. So 
What is this game? I'm kind of interested now. Yeah, so it's a game called Demio. It's kind of described it best as like kind of like a gauntlet game, except the map is three dimensional. Ooh, okay. And the thing is, you each play a character, and it's turn based. You have this, you know, standard four characters: wizard, cleric, blah blah blah. You know, each one has its own abilities and powers, and then there's a little random thing where as they find things you can get these cards that give you additional powers and you're basically just fighting stuff right and you're trying to get through three levels of this dungeon and there's a big boss at the end and that's what made me think of like kind of a gauntlet kind of typical warrior's arcade. health is low <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> elf needs food badly the 3d aspect of it was extremely cool because you know you got this map and the more you zoomed in the kind of the more details you saw on like little figures because like the character that represents you was like almost like a game piece uh-huh. but when you got close to it you could see all the little details on it and it would change poses depending on your state that kind of thing which is kind of neat to see you could zoom into the map like because you can totally control the map each person controls the map separately so you could zoom in like super close you could zoom out a little bit you could turn it around you know you can move wherever you want to and that was really really easy to do but what made it really fun is that with the three other people I was playing with, I really felt like I was with three other people, if that makes sense. Like they weren't just voices I'm hearing or something like that, because I could see what they're looking at. The way the Oculus works is like, you actually hear them talking from this area where they, like if they're behind you, you hear them talking from behind you. Uh-huh. Kind of thing. Like So like spatial audio. The usual kind of game, you know, a lot of cutting up, a lot of joking around and, you know, which is me doing all our games. But the nice thing is this game had such a turn-based, it seemed like there was a little more time for that kind of interaction action than we have with some of the Jackbox games. There's less action and more like RPG D&D kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Is that right? Okay, Yeah, nice. I'll say it is. Yeah, yeah. But the game moves pretty quick. It wasn't like super slow, but there was just enough pause, I think, that, you know, to give us time to like cut up or make fun of somebody and not have to worry about like the game's going to continue on without you and screw things up. It was just a lot of fun to play and I'm hoping to kind of see if I could talk you guys into getting one of these at some point and then <laughs> or John, you can borrow your daughter's, right? She has one. She does. Yeah, she got one last Christmas. That's right. And uh, yeah. giving this or some of these other games to try because I think once you it's one of these things once you kind of get into it I could definitely see how this could be I think the way the future of these games may go so you said you play multiplayer how many people were in the game with you it's a four player game and you had four people we had four people yep and did you win? Oh, uh, yeah, we did. It's us versus the dungeon. So it was a team game. Oh, it's it's cooperative. Like you're all working together to beat the game. Exactly. All right. It's all uh-huh. cooperative. So and it's funny because we we're like, okay, we should stick together. And next thing we look at the map, we're all different freaking corners. And so <laughs> we're like, okay, we need to fix that here. And it was like, you know, it's a good game when you beat the big boss and everyone's like, yeah. Everyone gets excited. At the you're cheering. End. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is what we had at the end. What's the game called again? You told me at the beginning. Demio. D-E-M-E-O. Demio. And I'll definitely have a link for it in our show notes yeah do you know what it cost is it much to add uh, on to your oculus the game itself i think was 19 dollars. i think yeah, it was okay. for the game it's like a 20 it was 19 game-ish. or 29 i'll check to see the price but it wasn't not like super expensive but okay, yeah not, nothing either interesting okay yeah maybe maybe so what do you got for us john well you know i mentioned last time that i was looking forward to the release of the latest entry in the life is strange oh, yeah. franchise this is mm. not the first time we've talked about life is strange nope, on this show it won't be the last <laughs> sure it won't be the last time we talk about life is strange on this show Certainly the first Life is Strange, it punched us all in the gut and we loved it. It was a fantastic mm-hmm. story. They had the, There was a free one that came out that we enjoyed, Captain Awesome, whatever his name was. George, you mentioned that the most recent one, the Life is Strange 2, whatever that one was it's called. Kind of, eh. 
compared to the other ones. Yeah, the brothers it was okay. Yeah. The yeah. brothers, you need to finish that one. It was okay. it was all right. And uh, it's been a while since a Life is Strange title came out. In fact, I wasn't paying close attention to know when they were coming, and this one kind of surprised me. It came out of left field. Yeah, this latest one is called Life is Strange: True Colors. And I will tell you that on the surface, other than the pedigree of Life is Strange, I wasn't sure I even wanted to look at this, let alone play it, because it sounds a little too touchy-feely for me. Mm -hmm. Here's the premise and concept. You'll remember the first Life is Strange, you had the ability to rewind time. You had this paranormal ability, right? Uh, In the second one, your little brother, not even you, your little brother had telekinetic powers. I'm like, okay. So in this new one, True Colors, you play the role of Alex Chen, this young lady. I'm going to say she's early 20s, probably. And she has the ability to see other people's emotions as auras around them. So if you're angry, it's kind of like this red aura. If you're kind of sad or worried, it's blue. If you have this other emotion, it's purple. And joy is like this bright yellow if you're very, very happy. So it's kind of like this empathic thing, like you can feel what other people feel. And so at its surface level, I'm like, okay, so yeah, yeah you see what the emotions are. That just kind of sounds like a like a hint system to know what people are thinking. But you can focus on those people and kind of read their minds and understand why they're thinking that way. So if someone is glowing red and they're angry and you kind of highlight them and kind of, kind of sense them with this Jedi mind trick thing, you can hear <laughs> their voice going, I'm so angry at this guy for doing this thing. So you know the motivations, like why they're upset. And, and the big kicker of her ability is if someone has a very profound emotion, if they're very angry or very happy or very very sad, you can kind of, it can overwhelm you and you exist inside of their mind with them and you can help them work through that emotion in what is kind of a sub quest inside of the game. Until you see it, it's kind of hard to imagine, but they have really stepped up the game since we played Life is Strange. So the other thing they did here is they didn't do it episodically. For the one price, it's all mm. in the game all at once. So you can download it and jump okay, in. Okay, because I was going to wait. That was one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I enjoyed the first <laughs> Life is Strange so much, because I I didn't find out about it till a year later and all the episodes were out. So I got to yeah. play it all. Okay, okay. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah, it's all out. And really quickly, the premise of the story is that this young lady has been estranged from her brother for years and years and years and goes to live with him in this Colorado town, this really nice, small, picturesque, scenic Colorado (laughs) town. And no spoilers here. It's in the trailer of the game. At the end of the first scene, something happens and he dies. And so whereas previous Life is Strange has kind of had like this world altering, do I save my friend or do I save this entire town thing? This is a very personal investigation as to what happened in this small town that caused your brother to die, and you're digging into that. It's an adventure. It's an investigation. It's a whodunit. Uh, There's an evil corporation they're digging into. It surprised me how much I'm enjoying it. I would say I'm maybe a third of the way through, halfway through so far, playing it along with my daughter like I had previous ones, (laughs) and it is really something I would recommend. Hmm. I've only played a little bit of it. Okay. This one feels more like the original than all the others. I I feel like I'm getting invested in the character. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm getting in the people around the character like the one with the brothers like everyone you met was either you only met them for a little bit or they were like extreme kind of characters or something like that where this one yeah. I feel like I'm dealing with like real people and so far like I said with the emotion ones I think it works I'm only at the very beginning but I almost like don't want I only want to play it when I know I could focus on it because I don't want to be distracted because I want to just really just enjoy the experience of this game Life is Strange is that kind of game you need to take your time and enjoy right. it right but probably the biggest sticking point for I mean George and I we talk about often about the cost of stuff is that right now it's a premium title it's 60 bucks right now for what would be what four or five episodes of stuff that's a hard pill for you to swallow i know isn't it yeah i personally won't be purchasing it at the 60 dollar price i just mm-hmm. 
there are too many games now that I have this new PC that I've bought in the past that I want to play. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> never got around to before. <laughs> that I couldn't. Yeah, I just didn't have the hardware really to yeah. do anything with them. And so because I have all of that gaming content to go through, it doesn't make any sense for me to purchase this and let it sit on the the steam shelf so to speak for sure you know a year before i right. get to it might as well wait let the price drop or let some kind of sale come up during a steam summer sale or something and i'll pick it up at half price or better Probably. later on down the road yeah uh, it's nice to know that you guys like it so much and the recommendations that we give out during this podcast are one of the main reasons why i end up buying the games and tech and mm-hmm. stuff that i end up buying it's just that i don't need to buy it right now it makes sense no, yeah. sure yeah the if game was fun but it was never a game that i had to play day one sure as long as nobody spoils it for you sure yeah i don't know how many games there are anymore that i have to play day one mm-hmm. right gotcha there's a couple but not not nearly as many the good news is that any bad taste left over in your mouth from the previous instance this washes all that away for me yeah and right. i'm really enjoying so. this much the same way that i did the first life is strange so life is strange true colors it's out right now we'll throw a link down the show notes if you are interested your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com Patreon. Oh, Paul, I like this haircut. It really shows off my... Ring around the collar. You've got ring around the collar. Those dirty rings. Sprays and powders weren't good enough, so I tried Whisk. Whisk does a better job on ring around the collar, and Whisk goes on to get your whole wash clean. Hi, Paul. Hi, hey, does everyone like your new look? Yep, it's called No More Ring Around the Collar. (laughs) Whisk gets ring around the collar and your whole wash clean. As we wind up the back end of the show, we always like to take a second here toward the end to talk about what we're looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I want to start with you. I want to know what you have on the horizon. Sure. Obviously, you've been playing with this VR thing, so I'm going to keep doing that. So I'm looking forward to doing more of that. The new Venom movie, Let There Be Carnage, is coming October 1st. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's finally dropping. Yep. Oh, yeah. That kept pushed and pushed. Yeah. yeah. I was going to put that in my looking forward to in the next podcast because it's like the day after that podcast drops. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It was, it was, it was yeah. pushing the limits, I admit. <laughs> but what I'm really, really, really looking forward to is the TV series Foundation based on Isaac Asimov's books. That's coming on Apple TV September 24th. That does look good. It's, it's one of those things that you almost, I do I want to see it? Because if they do a bad job, I'm just going to really upset me. <laughs> <laughs> is the expectation, anticipation better? than what the actual thing is going to be or not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everything I've read about it and seen, it looks like they are staying true to the original book, but they're actually doing a good job of like expanding it to make it, it's like a a full world and stuff. So I'm not going to wait. That's going to be really good. But let me tell you, I'm definitely going to be talking about that our next show. How about you, John? Yeah, so I mentioned before, we talked last episode about Only Murders in the Building, that Mm -hmm. Hulu series with uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. That is really shaping up for me. And not only am 
I enjoying it? But I'm enjoying it even more now because I got news that was renewed for a second season already. Really? It's wow. doing so well for them. Yeah, that was great to hear. The other thing I'm looking forward to is playing more of that Life is Strange Two Colors uh, that I, we just talked about and Deathloop. This new first-person action shooter. We did a live stream on YouTube the other day. It was my first exposure to it. This is from the people that brought Dishonored to life, that game. Mm-hmm. It's like you took Dishonored and Bioshock and mushed them together in this weird 60s Art Deco style. It is a fun, time-bending kind of game. I've just scratched the surface of it. I've played maybe a two hours or so. What a great game. But the thing that I'm most looking forward to is the return of one of my guiltiest of guilty pleasure shows, Season 41 of Survivor returns (laughs) Wednesday, September 22nd. I'm not a fan of reality TV in general, but I love Survivor. There's something about it that's just the right amount of reality and structure and people being terrible people and people being good people. I've always loved that one. My wife and I watch it religiously ever since the beginning. Yeah. And it hasn't been happening, of course, since the pandemic. So it's been almost two years, finally. Season 41 is back and running and I can't wait. September 22nd. Nice. That's going to kick off again. Yeah. Uh, George, how about you? What do you got coming up? Well, you know, I've uh, I got a new writing project for myself and for the Gen X Grown Up group uh, that I'm about two thirds of the way through on the initial summary pass, which is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying uh, getting into that. Mm-hmm. There is a TV series on Netflix that I talked about a while back. There were a couple of foreign series that came out at the same time. This is one of them. And season two just got released recently. It's called Into the Night. This is the one where mm-hmm. the airplane is trying to stay in front of the sunrise of the sun because as soon as the sun hits anybody, they're instantly dead. <sighs> at the end of season one, they had made it into this bunker, uh, some kind of military thing in like Norway or something that they had landed and just made it into the bunker in time. Some of the characters maybe didn't make it. It's, you know, so there was a little (laughs) bit of a cliffhanger there. Uh, So season two is out and I'm looking forward to getting a chance to watch that. Mm. But uh, September 23rd, Dun dun Law and Order SVU <laughs> season twenty three season twenty three. Wow. Uh, YouTube TV is great at filling in episodes. So every time there's a marathon of one of these series that I like, like Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, whatever, it fills in that season's episodes for me. So I you know, I'll be watching season 21 and then, oh, there's some season 10 episodes and there's some season 13 episodes and they all pop in at these different things. But Law & Order SVU is a great addition to that series. It's the longest running, currently active Law & Order series right now because the original stopped a while back and it's uh, got more seasons than the original does now. The original had 20 seasons. This, this now has 23. Wow. This was even longer running. Huh? So it's That's even longer lot running. freaking Law & Order episodes. It's Holy a cow. lot of Law & Order episodes. <laughs> and George has seen them all three times. I... I I am definitely enjoying it. So nice. September 23rd, season 23. It only comes out one episode at a time, so I don't get to binge it all at once, but I kind of wish I could. Yeah, that'd be a good. We know what George is doing on the 23rd. We got that figured out. Well, the 23rd, the 24th, nothing. Right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Each, Each one. 
That is going to wind it up for episode 107. Before we leave, uh, we always like to take a moment here to uh, thank any new or notable patrons or supporters. And I want to call out Curlbro, a brand new Patreon patron who just joined us at the $3 level. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, Curlbro. We appreciate everyone who supports us and kind of keeps us motivated, putting gas in the tank, keeps us doing what we're doing. You definitely are contributing to that. We are happy to have your pledge of support there. Very, very grateful to you and to everyone. Uh, both on YouTube and over on Patreon. That's going to wind it up for this edition of the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another one, of course, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. You know, we're kind of in a world where everything is a reboot or a sequel, and a lot of them (laughs) really, really suck. However, we realize there are quite a few sequels or follow-ups to great things from our childhood that were actually better than the original. (gasps) So, yeah, believe it or not, can you believe it? (laughs) We found a few. In this backtrack, we're going to dig into sequels and follow-ups that were better than the Gen X original. We sure hope you will join us for that one. We're going to have a blast with it. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, though, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. You guys remember a couple of episodes ago, we had a brand new patron, Phaedrus. You remember oh, that? Oh, yes, yes. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I reached out to Phaedrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The voice and the face, like, not seeing the face, it doesn't convey the same. <laughs> Why not? You remember that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just coming back from a vacation, man. Okay, that's true. That's true. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.